Tell me why lies. Tell me sweet little lies. Come on, tell me lies. Tell me, tell me lies. Welcome to the True Crime ABCs podcast. I'm Danny. And I'm Sarah. Take a journey with us through our alphabet of true crime, one letter at a time. Listen through the end of each episode for reading recommendations and a sneak peek into what's going on in the podcast next week. This episode is supported by the letter Q. And we're going royal this week because Q is for queen. 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 (laughs) I feel like I'm prepared for this episode, but then I'm like, well, this was so long ago that I wrote this. Maybe I'm not. Yeah, that's 100% exactly where I'm at. Oh, my gosh. I was, like, going through my notes earlier, and I was like, Jesus, first of all, why is this, like, six pages long? And I know, I thought you secondly, said it was a short episode. What the fuck? Yeah, I thought it was going to be short, too. And then I was like, well, shit, I can't talk about any of this stuff until I've talked about this stuff. Oh, my gosh. And then I can't talk about that stuff until I've talked about that stuff. That's the downside of freaking British history, man. Yeah. There's so so many people they died They stole everything. The they killed everyone. Yeah. And then they the said they were chosen by God. They're not giving anything back. No. The end. And scene. <laughs> oh my god. I will say, at least the AC won't kick on because it's like 40 degrees outside right now well, here. Well, I shut the heat off. It was um, 18 degrees yesterday when I woke up. Oh, okay. So we've entered that phase of the fall, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also known as winter. <laughs> <laughs> Fall in Michigan. Freezing. <laughs> I mean, we did hit 29 degrees today, so. Oh my gosh. I feel like that was a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. It was weird. So I wore a sweater to work, like a cute turtleneck, comfy sweater, whatever. Right. When I left for work, I was freezing. <laughs> like walking from the parking lot to my classroom, because our, we have outdoor corridors, just because it's Florida, so everything's So outside. bizarre to me and so cool. I know. <laughs> It's so crazy. So from my car to my room, freezing. Of course. Then we went out for recess. It was like 75 and sunny. I'm wearing a turtleneck sweater. <laughs> it was hot as shit. Like cutting the sleeves off at recess. Yeah. I just Showing like, up like it was Florida bad. woman. <laughs> but it's nice and chilly outside right now. Oh, my, uh, my app only says it's, in, it's 60, but it feels colder. Well, yeah. There's a nice crisp bite to the air. Nice. And I'm here for it. Yeah. Okay. You want to do this? Yeah. Let's rock and roll. Let's let's do a thing. All right. We haven't done this in so long. We're gonna. I feel like we're out of practice. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fine. So for our informational tidbit here at the beginning, we decided to go with crimes against queens. Mm-hmm. Crimes against queens have often been related to political events, societal changes, or power struggles. The motives behind these crimes vary. From attempts to change a political landscape to personal grievances and ideological conflicts. And let's be honest, a whole lot of religious mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and each of the each incident reflects the different dynamics surrounding whatever monarchy, but to, throughout history, um, you know, it's regionally dependent. Mm-hmm. So we are going to talk about some of the most famous or infamous crimes against queens. So the first one, Anne Boylan. We know her. We love her. Uh, 16th century is the time that we're talking here. 
She was the second wife of King Henry VIII. Mm -hmm. Again, a good one. He had lots of lots of queens. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So she was accused of adultery, incest, and high treason. Ugh. Right? A whole laundry list of things. And in 1536, she was executed at the Tower of London. Um, The charges are widely believed to be politically motivated, of course, um, Mm -hmm. as Henry was uh, looking to marry Jane Seymour. Yeah. So, uh, and it's funny you said we know her, we love her, because I guarantee after you hear my story, you are not going to love her. It, it was even more a little, like, yeah. And like it, I I didn't realize how much she sucked. Well, I mean, there was probably some some good motivation for Henry at the time. Oh yeah. To just, I mean, Henry was also a vile piece of garbage. Right. So. But you'll hear all about him today in my story. Can't wait. Woo. Um. Next, we have Mary, Queen of Scots. Um, this was also in the 16th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mary, the Queen of Scots, faced a bunch of political issues and was actually forced to abdicate the throne so that her son, James VI, could take it. Mm-hmm. After years of being imprisoned in England, she was later implicated in a plot to assassinate Queen Elizabeth I. Mm-hmm. And in 1587, she was executed the next queen we have is another uh favorite or another popular one a true queen a a true queen (laughs) (laughs) with Uh, the hair with the hair with the whole thing if you yeah it's the height of french fashion Uh, marie antoinette so 18th century she -hmm. was the very last queen of france before the french revolution um she notoriously faced public hostility due to her extravagant lifestyle. Um, And she and her husband, King Louis. Oh, wait a minute. 16th. 16th. That's right. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I know this answer. (laughs) Roman numerals. Woo. Uh, But yeah, so she and her husband, King Louis, the 16th were arrested during the revolution. And in 1793, she was actually um, executed by guillotine. Yeah, yeah, go back to our guillotine Mm -hmm. episode. Um, Also, yeah, Marie Antoinette, (laughs) another one, kind of sucks. Like, we, I feel like we grew up hearing, like, these romanticized stories, and it's like, no, she was not. She was wearing expensive dresses, having crazy, expensive bouffant hair, and, like, literally her entire country was starving. Yeah, that's, you know, it would be different if, like, she was taking care of everyone else and also doing this stuff. And also having 17 chicken feasts or whatever. But, yeah, no, not not great when it comes to uh, her populace. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a good look. Um, Okay, our next queen is the Empress Elizabeth of Austria in the 19th century. Um, she was also called Cece, and okay. she faced an assassination attempt in 1853 when an Italian anarchist stabbed her. Mm. She did survive, but the incident really highlighted the dangers that royals were mm-hmm. facing during that time of political unrest. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you're a royal, that's an option at any given point. Yeah. And, like, maybe be a royal that people love and don't yeah. want to stab. Well, a thought. you know, I'm sure it's a hard <laughs> job. I have to say oh, this, gosh. guys. I have to Hang say. On. No, you're let, good. Do your thing. Let me look up a pronunciation of it. <coughs> Amanula. King Amanola. Mm-hmm. Amanula. Amanula Khan. 
um, pronunci no pronunciation. Soraya. Soraya. All right, it is Soraya. Mm -hmm. Okay, how to pronounce Amanala? Amanala. 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 Let me get that from two places just to check. Okay. Amanala Khan. Amanala Khan. Or as AI just said, Amanala Khan. <laughs> Amanala Khan. Amanala Khan. Okay, sorry. I'm a lot today. Thank you. <laughs> See, listen, we're just trying to be... Oh, God. I'm we're just trying to, to pronounce things right. And AI or in uh, pronunciation.com is... I'm on a lock on. <laughs> I should probably look up Soraya too and say Soraya or Soraya. Oh, yeah. I don't I just don't want to be an asshole. I know, that's fine. She's more recent anyway, so we should be yeah. able to. I don't need an ad. <laughs> Would you like to be the queen? Okay, weird. <laughs> this person is like clearly persian like saying it in farsi and it was saraya like it had a lot of uh, at the end so it's the wrong emphasis just, on the wrong syllable. not the emphasis <laughs> emphasis is on the wrong syllable yeah i think we're good with saraya saraya okay <laughs> sorry and That's the country is old... afghanistan Thank you, you're such a dick <laughs> And it's pronounced 20th century. I cannot with you right now. <laughs> oh, we can't oh, take shit. this long of a break ever again. We're never going to get no, through. We're never going to make it through. Oh, Penny. Hey, Penny. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, babe. Oh, oh, oh I'm bless you again. Oh. It comes in threes. There might be one more. Oh, oh. Hmm? You okay? Yeah. I'm going to okay. move over here, though. Maybe there's not as much dog hair in this Poor corner. girl. <laughs> All right. Our next queen is Soraya of Afghanistan, which was during the 20th century. And Soraya was the wife of... Oh, no, I'm not going to change. Amanala. 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 King Amanala. Amanala. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hold on. Amanala. <laughs> I feel like Michael Scott... I don't. I can't remember what he says, but he's like, "Mom, mom, 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 mom." Oh, I just laughed so hard I got a cramp in my leg. Ow! I can't breathe. Oh my god! A monologue. Oh yikes! Okay. <laughs> oh my god! I'm dying. <laughs> so Soraya was the wife of King Amala Khan. Face. Nope. Uh, nope. <laughs> Amanala. <laughs> do you want me to um, oh do it phonetically? God. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ma -an -a -la. <laughs> Does that help? Amanala. shit together <laughs> everything is fine 
Everything okay. is a okay. Everything is all right. <laughs> Please tell me that you're all right. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> Oh, please tell me that you're all right. Oh my God, hang on, <laughs> total. I listen. I know you're gonna be so surprised, but this by this, you know, side note. Um, so I had just like a birthday brunch with some of my friends around yeah. here. Your Tinder and friends? I've, your what are they? My Bumble BFF people. Yeah, <laughs> and I like I've been really lucky to find a bunch of other like again childless right. dog owners who are in serious relationships and or married, um, and who aren't like a fetus. <laughs> so, um, we, I had just on like a nineties alternative Can I just say- Spotify station or whatever. And then that station ended and Spotify just automatically swapped over to like my dashboard confessional one. Oh God. I have which, found my people here. I was like, which because can hit it came or miss, on, like, depending on your group of people that you've. <laughs> it was a secondhand serenade song that oh, came on God. and it literally became a sing along with my with my girlies and yeah. I was like, okay, thank you for being my friends and for being here with me for these moments. I was like, let me tell you about when Danielle and I used to drive around like, downtown let Flint me, let me at tell like you. 2 a.m. listening to windy emo white, shit, I, white kid music. I so. know that downtown Flint probably is like enough of a heavy hitter, like name drop. Yeah. But I don't think people necessarily realize like we were just driving around the North End. <laughs> Which is like yeah. the worst. Yeah, like the worst I mean, truly, that we could have and like <laughs> the shittiest. Like literally, we would like roll through red lights, type of thing. I mean, we were to not stopped. come I to. Mean, a, we were smart right, about it, yeah. right? Don't avoid so, the area. Just yeah. you know, roll through the stuff. Listening to a freaking secondhand serenade with like oh, a drive-by happening eighteen oh, feet away. It's wild. I mean, oh god, it was so bad. <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> There were a lot of bad decisions made in that period of time. Let's just Oh, yeah. Just... Oh, God. All right. Years. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Let's not reflect on the turbulence of that era. Oh, boy. Yikes. Unlike Qu- Queen <clears throat> Soraya and King Amanala. Yeah. Let's let's talk about Soraya and King Amanala. So Amanala Khan, uh, they, of course, faced political challenges during um, the king's reign. And after he abdicated in 1929, Soraya went into exile in Rome, which pretty decent place to be, I guess, if you're going to be yeah, exiled. I want to go to Rome. Um, but her life also reflected uh, the turbulence in Afghanistan during that area, during that yeah. era. Um, our next queen is Queen Nora of Jordan. This was also 20th century. Um, while she wasn't really a victim of a crime... She was the widow of King Hussein and had lived through his assassination mm-hmm. in 1999. Um, the person who actually assassinated her husband was a family member who mm-hmm. they later determined was like mentally unstable. Oh. It, I couldn't find specifics about what mental instability was there, mm-hmm. but I mean, he killed a family member. So seems like he was having some. He's trouble, probably not some... like well adjusted. Right. Right. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Uh, our next queen is Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands, which was My also people. <laughs> which was also twentieth century. Oh, oh Samson. I know. Oh my gosh, what's going on here? Sir on. Fella. One second. Talk about Destiny's Child. Let okay. me show you the twelve ninety nine Revlon curling iron <laughs> that that song played on while I curled my hair. Oh my one gosh. layer under, one layer over, and then it just flippy flippy. Good times. Yeah. Sorry. 
It's good good times. I saw for sure they had some ridiculous, I don't know, stuff that I definitely wore in like oh, yeah. 1997 to 1999. And I'm looking at stuff. And I'm just, yeah. Target is a time oh machine my God. right now. I, it's like, so it's... weird. I feel like I'm literally transported and like on my way to the roller skating rink. Yeah. Like picking out a new outfit to go to the roller skating rink. I do not know what's yep. happening. Uh-huh. It's the weirdest uh, five thing. Five million percent yes. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. It is wild. And then I'm pissed because like it's in the junior section and I they don't make it in my size. Right. It's not big <laughs> enough for me to wear. So what the fuck? Oh, I didn't fit into it then. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, fun stuff. I'm wait. I just. Can I just get a Delia's catalog delivered? Like even as a oh joke. My God. Yeah. I just uh, let it show up at my door. I For a while, I thought they were trying to bring it back. So I don't know. There's a there's a place online. There's like an online store and maybe it's mm-hmm. a real store. I don't know it that well. So if there's any listeners out there that do know it, please let us know. Enlighten us. <laughs> um, but it's called Dolls Kill. And they oh, have yeah. a lot of like, you know, alternative stuff. Yeah. But they do collabs all the time, and they did a collab with Delia's, and so oh, there's a there were a few like Delia's style, like '90s style clothes and accessories and stuff like that. I checked out the mm-hmm. collection, and I'm like, oh man. But you know, I didn't buy didn't buy a bunch of stuff, but it was a from... it was a cool thing. But I haven't seen them actually like come back, come back. Mm-hmm. So if anybody Someday. out there knows about it. Let me know. Delia's.com. That was never a th- that was never a thing. That's the thing. They might have had a no, website. I think it was. You can always go on like the what the way back time machine or whatever. Yeah, maybe. Let's see if anyway. they had it there. Yeah. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> I know Sorry. you guys are so Queen Beatrix. <laughs> Did not shop at Delia's, just to be clear. No. <laughs> <laughs> Delia's didn't exist yet. Uh, although oh, maybe, maybe she it did. did. It was 2009. I was going to say, wait a minute. Maybe although, she did. I don't know. Not that I'm aware of, I guess. Uh, she probably had like designers. Yeah. So she wasn't shopping at 2009, like, during Queen's Day celebrations, a car mm-hmm. narrowly missed hitting the royal family bus. Um, oh, damn. The driver of that car then crashed into the crowd. Um, which resulted in several casualties, as you could imagine, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. When um, you drive through a crowd of people, yeah, yes, terrible. Um, but the queen and her family were unharmed. So, do we know if it's they good, caught anybody? I'm pretty sure they I'm did. Sure. I think they got the guy. Let's see, Queen Beatrix. I can't imagine you get too far if you've crashed. God. You know what I mean? Like if you've crashed your vehicle. And it's a royal celebration. Car accident. Four killed as car slams into crowd near Dutch royals. There we go. 2009 attack on the Dutch royal family. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened in Appledore. Which is not how people from... I was like, is that the correct world? Okay. So here's the thing. When you hear people speak Dutch, <laughs> I it don't sounds... often do that, <laughs> Okay, so clear. my... Uh, I did... Grow up knowing people who spoke Dutch because my mom worked at the international yes. terminal at, at Detroit Metro, and we are Dutch. And my parent, you know, my parents went to the Netherlands multiple times, whatever. So when you hear people talk Dutch, it's the weirdest thing because <laughs> if you were to like hear it in like the periphery of your hearing, 
it sounds like English and then you focus on it and you're like, oh, that's not English. <laughs> like it's a very strange. It's like somebody is pretending to speak English. It's like you told an alien what English is and so they tried to speak it and that's how it came out. Is it like Simlish? Kind of. <laughs> Susu. Uh... I'm sorry. I'm showing too many of our cards. Uh... I just. Uh, okay, so the driver in the Queen Beatrix thing was 38-year-old Dutch national Karst Roland Tates. Hmm. He was taken into custody and, oh, he actually died. From his injuries or like? Yeah, from his injuries. Huh. Actually, this one says there were seven people who died. Oh, I wonder if Another it was one after said the four. fact. Yeah. Like... Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Ooh, yikes. I am going to take us to Portugal in the 1300s, so a little bit farther back in time from your story, Sarah. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about Inez de Castro today. Okay, and she's a looker. She's she's lovely. Let me just tell you what. um, She was a lady-in-waiting or a noblewoman Mm -hmm. during the time of King Alfonso IV, Mm -hmm. um, during his ruling in Portugal. Um, which was around 1340, so sort of mid-1300s. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Alfonso's son, whose name is Prince Pedro I, was married to Inez's cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, her name was Constance of Castile. So Pedro okay. and Constance... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so no. Pedro and Constance already had legitimate heirs to the throne, so they already had mm-hmm. kids together. However, Inez caught Pedro's eye, and oh. during their time of being, you know, in, you know, close proximity, they mm-hmm. fell in love. This seemed to be, like, from all of the reading that I did, this seemed to be sort of an open secret. Like, they were definitely, it was definitely a known relationship, but mm-hmm. it was still something that people sort of kept hush-hush. Mm-hmm. Several years later... Um, it was around 1349. Mm-hmm. Constance actually got really sick. She fell ill and she passed away. Aww, poor so, Constance. Poor Constance. Seems a little bit suspicious. But okay. I don't know. I don't know. I'll let you decide. We'll talk about okay. it. Okay. So <laughs> um, this, of course, left the option open, though, for Pedro and Inez to pursue their relationship. Right. So, of course, that is what they did. Let's talk about Constance really quick. So okay. Constance of Castile, she was also known as Constanca Manuel. Uh-huh. Um, and she was the first wife of King Pedro. She died in 1349. Uh-huh. And so the exact cause of her death is not really that clear. Uh-huh. Um, but of course, there's a bunch of different accounts that sort of vary. Um, Were they... Like, weirdly young. You know, like, back then, were they, like, 12 years old or something stupid? Or were they... I don't know how old they were, to be honest with you. Okay. I'm assuming they were on the younger side. Yeah. Um, But one account suggests that Constance did die due to complications related to childbirth. Okay. Um, Which is super weird, because she died in 1349. The closest record of birth they had was 1340, which was their son named Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, and he only survived a few months. Aww. But they say that the strain of that and loss of a child may have contributed to her health. So right. possibly died of a broken heart or something Aww. else. 
But another account suggests that she may have died of the plague. So again, oh, 1300s, Europe. <laughs> Not really a great time to be around. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in case any of you haven't seen Monty Python. Oh, yeah. An accurate historical account of yeah. the Bring plague. out your dead. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not. Anyway, it's not historically I mean, it's accurate. not awful. It's not that far off, but like, obviously, uh, yeah. <laughs> a good one if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so possibly she could have died of the Black Death or the plague. Right. Um, which was obviously a huge devastating pandemic that was going on mm-hmm. in Europe at the time. Um, killed like, what, a third of the population? Yeah. Over there. I don't know what the stat is for sure, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It's, yeah, that's somewhere in that realm. Um, so it's possible that she succumbed to the disease, but mm-hmm. there's very little documentation to go off of. So her death, again, not necessarily suspicious, but, right, but weird be. timing. Yeah. That your husband who's in, who has a relationship, you die. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden they're good to go. Right. Pedro and Inez continued their relationship they were actually married in a secret ceremony because the king king alfonso mm-hmm. did not love this at all okay. he did not love this relationship he didn't want this to be a thing right so they wed in secret to kind of keep romeo it. and juliet yeah, listen this is like very very similar storyline but mm-hmm. you'll just the ending on this one is just so great we'll get there okay uh, <laughs> So secret ceremony, um, this is where the story gets a little bit weird because it, it sounds like Pedro and Inez go on to live their married life and they have four kids. Okay. Um, but again, they were able to do this without the king interfering. So I'm assuming at this point it was still secret, but I don't know how you have four kids and a wife yeah. in one village that the king doesn't know about. But anyway. Right. It was about this time, of course, that Alfonso found out about the mm-hmm. marriage. He was clearly pissed. Like, Yeah, I don't think King not, Alfonso was no. having a good time I'm sure that. that he was not happy. And it appeared that nobody on like the king's council or the royal council knew about the marriage. Oh, God. Well, and especially back then when like yeah. marriage was a power play. Like yes. It had nothing to do with love and respect. It was yes. a power move. You married for allegiance. Exactly. An alliance, yeah. Well, the counselors didn't know about this marriage either. Until after the king found out, and obviously they saw how close Pedro was getting with mm-hmm. Inez's family, oh. which they hadn't been before. Yeah. So the council, the king, they were not happy about this. They basically were trying to figure out what they were going to do because the council was really concerned that those four kids that Pedro and Inez had were going to screw up any sort of claim to the throne that the right. legitimate heirs had Mm -hmm. um so what better solution than to kill her off (laughs) gosh Uh, so poor inez to be alive yeah i know wild (laughs) um but inez gets a target on her back obviously the king Mm -hmm. and the counselors decide that that's the only option um yes that's the only option right so of course they go looking for her they find her or i'm sorry they didn't find her she actually came to King Alfonso, turned herself in, basically to for you know ask for forgiveness, plead for forgiveness and mercy. Um, but while she was appearing before the throne, there were two of the counselors that came up and stabbed her to death right in front of oh, the king. Gross. Yeah. 
It said that her children were there when it happened, no. which is just awful. But again, not a ton of historical detail. So Inez passes away a little while later. Alfonso actually pa- passes away as well. And Pedro became the king, um, mm-hmm. as he rightfully should have. Right. By um, Alfonso. And this is where it gets a little bit fun because Pedro oh. never forgot about his his wife Inez and right. the wrongful death that she had. And so right. his... I'm sure there was <laughs> vengeance fueling. Well, his heart. the first order of business, not the second, not hey, let's take care of some stuff first. This is <laughs> he walked in the door and said, first thing is avenging my wife. Oh, nice. <laughs> so... Oh, Peter, it's or Pedro, you win. So he comes up with this plan called, quote unquote, the revenge of the tomb. Oh, I love it. And he orders that the counselors are stabbed. I'm sorry, the counselors that stabbed his wife um, be killed. And of course, this cannot be just any death. He's not going to stab them. This is this is not an eye for an eye. Well, I guess it sort of is because this is what Pedro thought they had done to him. So he ordered their hearts to be ripped from their chests. Yes. What a baller way to kill somebody. It's like, are you kidding me? (laughs) It's very Mortal Kombat for the show. I know. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So he publicly declares his love for Inez and and discloses the marriage to the entire kingdom and the public and all of that. And he names her the rightful queen of Portugal after her death. Oh my gosh, the posthumous queen. I know. Amazing. Well, just you wait, because this queen gets her throne. So, 1361, he organizes this ridiculously extravagant funeral for her, because she never had one. Yeah. He orders her body to be exhumed. Oh, God. That's. Oh, we're getting into some fun. Telling the lie, Pedro. No, no, no. Pedro goes full balls to the wall and when he, he has a funeral he has a funeral he puts he, the fun in funeral he brought her back he brought oh, her back God. out of the ground crowns oh, nice. her places her on her throne oh yeah nope. and has a nice. gigantic ceremony Ooh. where she's dressed in the the greatest Ooh. garments that a queen could have that just gave me goosebumps dude like, it's um... this is so gnarly <laughs> it's so it's like it grosses me out like simultaneously as I think it's very lovely. Yeah. You know, like I feel like like that's a man who loved his wife. Oh, for sure. Like but it's till also death like, and beyond. <laughs> and especially if she had the plague. Ooh. So, you know, here's the th- Oh no, this is Inez. She was stabbed. Oh, no, right, you're, right, just, right. you're right. Yeah, yeah, ignore everything it's I just cool. said. It's all good. So, not only does he have her dressed, she's got her crown on, she's sitting on her throne as rightfully so. And then he orders the members of his court to kiss her hand as a sign of respect. <laughs> it's it's going to be a no for me, dog. I'm just saying. Like, I'm, just... I'm just letting you know. Kiss the hand of the queen. Ooh. <laughs> they and clearly course... do not understand how bacteria and decay work. Yes. Well, it was 1361 during the plague. They were learning about those things still. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so this was obviously a way for Pedro to symbolically assert Inez's royal status, express Aww. and and express his enduring love and grief for her. Aww, I hope some evermore. of the people who were on board with her death had to kiss her fucking hand, dude. I I think it's just so great. I just think it's it's such a great story. <laughs> 
It is amazing. That's amazing. And so there's been lots of like, obviously you said there's very similar ties to like Romeo and Juliet. You get into like the actual families of Pedro and Inez and you actually Mm -hmm. see even more similarities. Like they were from opposing families. Yeah. Like opposing uh, families at the time. And so very, very similar story to Romeo and Juliet. Is there any indication that this, that this was like a... No. A mu- like a muse I don't for think so. I don't think so. Not that I read, anyway. <laughs> based on, on Pedro and Inez. Let's see. This story is a huge, like, folklore. Not, you know, obviously there's a ton of lore that goes with it, but this is a huge... Mm-hmm. Uh, any of our listeners from Portugal may recognize this tale. <laughs> this yeah. Tale. <laughs> um. But yeah, oh, apparently it's Portugal. it's really embedded in their culture, this whole story of Pedro and Inez. So I love that. It's a good one. Listen, Pedro, he's a real prince. He's a mm-hmm. prince of a man. He's a keeper. Yeah, Inez was a keeper like too, him. apparently. Yeah, listen, he was keeping her alive or dead. <laughs> like, oh don't get me wrong. I love my husband, but I'm not bringing out There's his corpse a... to celebrate. There's a Vincent Price uh, movie that's got a similar thing going oh, on. Of course there uh, is. What is it? Dr. Dr. Fibes? Dr. Oh, Fibes? I I, I'm sure that I'm, somebody's going to correct me, but that's a good one, too. It's, a bench, it's essentially about a guy who his wife dies and he keeps her body like... His is at least in a. Um, oh, he's is like I preserved. I do remember this. She's yeah, he preserved, like preserves and her he body. Visits her and he keeps her in yeah. this little container. And then at the end of, yeah, I won't give the spoiler away, but yeah. <laughs> it's Go a good it, movie guys. as well. I do remember that. Death till okay. death do us part. <laughs> Woo! Or or not? Oh gosh. So till both deaths do us part. Yes. Yes. Uh, gross. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We are talking about Queen Mary I, Mary Tudor, also known as Bloody Mary. Yeah. Don't worry, we will talk about Bloody Mary, the game, later. Mary Tudor was born on February 18th, 1516 in England. She was the only surviving child of King Henry VIII and his first wife, first wife emphasis there, Catherine of Aragon, um... She was the only of their children to survive infancy. Hmm. So Catherine had multiple miscarriages and stillbirths, which I'm will later hear when we talk about Mary. I'm going to assume there was some genetic endometriosis situation mm-hmm. here. But at the time of Mary's birth, England was mostly Catholic and had a close relationship with the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. In the early years, Mary was very precocious. She was intelligent. She was bright and vibrant and like a well-loved child mm-hmm. um she was a particularly talented musician she played something called a virginal <laughs> lol um <laughs> which is like a type of harpsichord okay and her mother because her mother had such a hard time getting pregnant staying pregnant and obviously birthing surviving children um her mom sort of had it in her head like Mary was going to be queen. There wasn't going to be other heirs. There wasn't going to be a boy born. Mm-hmm. Right. Mary was going to be the queen. So she wanted Mary to be very, very well educated 
and actually had Mary learn Latin, which at that time was considered a male talent Mm -hmm. or a male, you know, forward education. Mary could also speak French, Spanish, Latin, um, again, was educated in dance. It's also maybe rumored that she could speak Greek. And Henry VIII, for all intents and purposes, was a devoted father. He doted on her. He loved her. Um, He would boast to people that Mary was like such a trooper. She never cried. She was lovely. However, despite how much Henry VIII loved Mary, he was also pretty disappointed that he had never had any sons or -hmm. any that survived. And by the time Mary was about nine or ten, Henry was pretty sure he and and Catherine were not having more children. Mm -hmm. So Henry sent Mary away. Of course he did. (laughs) And sent Catherine away eventually. And they sort of, but he didn't send them away together, which is That's crazy. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah, he like sent them separately. So Maybe you know, it was and Mary and her Mary. mother. Oh, I, I mean, or to, ca- or ca- yeah, yeah, to punish Catherine yeah. for sure. And they were very, very like Mary and Catherine were very close, like best friends. You know, like they had a very great relationship. In addition to that, throughout Mary's childhood, Henry had set up n- a number of marriage proposals, and she was actually at one point promised to Francis, the Dauphin of France hmm. when she was two. Oh. And he and the bait and he was an infant. Not Francis was an time. infant. Nope. <laughs> but then he changed his mind and the contract the contract was gotten rid of after a few years. And then at the age of six, Mary was promised to marry her twenty two year old cousin, Charles. But then Charles broke off that engagement. And then uh, there were just a slew of other, you know, possible marriages that never ended up working out. Mm -hmm. In adolescence, Mary's parents were basically not a married couple. They were no longer living together. And Henry tried to have his marriage to Catherine annulled. Okay. Claiming... (laughs) That their marriage was unclean because Catherine was a widow. Well. And get this. Of course. Catherine was the widow of Henry's brother. (laughs) So even though Catherine swore that her marriage to Arthur was never consummated. So it was not valid. It didn't matter. Yeah. Because Henry VIII had the ear of the Pope. And Henry was going to get his way. Let's be honest. In 1531, so when Mary was like 16, 17-ish, she was said to have crazy, awful issues with her period. Mm -hmm. Um, So she had very irregular menstruation. She would kind of wave through depressions. And they weren't sure. Obviously, nowadays, we know things like endometriosis Mm -hmm. and how hormonal changes can affect your mental status, all of that stuff. Um, Plus, she had not been permitted to see her mother in a long time. And she knew her father was kind of a piece of crap. Mm -hmm. Right? So in early 1533, Henry had gotten his marriage with Catherine Annald. Mm -hmm. And he married Anne Boleyn. There she (laughs) is. It's weird, though, because the... So uh, this will 
Thomas Cranburn will come up later. Mm-hmm. He was the Archbishop of Canterbury. Yeah. Canterbury? Can- Barry? Bury. Canterbury. 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 Um, <laughs> he declared the marriage with Catherine Floyd and the marriage to Anne Valid. I don't really know why he has the final say in that, but there we are. Yeah. Um, and... At this point, Henry dissolved his relationship with the Catholic Church and started his own church, declaring himself the supreme head of the Church of England. Who's surprised? <clears throat> Raise your hand. No hands? Great. <laughs> um, Catherine was actually demoted then to Dowager Princess of Wales, which is what she would have held as a title from her previous husband, okay. from being married to Arthur. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mary was deemed illegitimate. <laughs> of course. She was later called Lady Mary. Hmm. But instead of being a princess, she became a servant to Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn's daughter, mm-hmm. who was now the Princess Elizabeth. Yeah. And this would be later be Queen Elizabeth I. Mary's household was basically dissolved. Her servants were dismissed. She became the lady's maid. Like, it really sucked. And at this point, Catherine was actually basically imprisoned. And it just is really sad. It's really, I mean, it is. It's really sad. They didn't do anything wrong. Henry was crazy. And it is what it is. So by 1536, Queen Anne Boleyn, obviously Anne Boleyn, now Queen Anne, um, also fell from the king's favor and was beheaded. Hmm. When she was beheaded, Elizabeth, Anne and Henry's daughter, was also then declared illegitimate. Oh, God. Illegitimate. And at this point, Mary and Elizabeth both had lost their rights to succession. Within two weeks of Anne's execution, Henry then married Jane Seymour, who, from what history says, was actually a lovely person. And actually urged her husband to make amends and make peace with his daughters. Um, Henry insisted that Mary had to recognize him as the head of Church of England and repudiate papal authority, which. Like Mary was a devoted Catholic, like she was not going to go against the Pope. She still very strongly believed in a Catholic God um, and like. Papal authority was the authority that she recognized. So it was hard for her to do that because she had to choose between her legitimacy and her religion. She eventually did end up reconciling with Henry and signed a document that agreed to all of his com- all of his demands. Hmm. Um, <laughs> like a prenup. <laughs> yeah. And was actually he actually reinstated her as his favorite child. OK, well. So I, you know, whatever it worked, I guess. And keep in mind when she was younger, like he did, he adored her. Like he was a Mm -hmm. very doting parent. So I guess it just, I guess he just needed to like get her back. So at this point, Henry was going ham with the church of England, right? He was going willy nilly Protestants everywhere. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Protestants everywhere. Protestants everywhere. And, because of Reformation and all of that stuff, um, the country was in turmoil. Like, they, people didn't know who they were supposed to leave, what the actual church was. You know, people were being executed along with rebellions and uprisings that were occurring. Um, but 
1537, Queen Jane died when she gave when she was giving birth to a son, Edward. Uh, Mary was made godmother to her half brother, and um, and Edward survived. So he was now, I guess, the legitimate next in line to the throne. Okay. At this point, um, Mary was courted by Philip, the Duke of Bavaria. Uh, but he was actually a Lutheran and was deemed, like, not suitable for her hand. There were, again, another slew of men who were trying to come in and steal Mary's hand or whatever. Mm-hmm. In 1547, Henry VIII died. And his son, Edward, also the son of Jane Seymour, mm-hmm. um, succeeded him. He took the throne. Mary inherited a couple of estates after her father's death and was granted a few places of her own. Since Edward was still a child, the rule passed to a Regency Council, Hmm. which was made up mostly of Protestants. Okay. And they were using, at this point, Thomas Cranmer, the Archbishop Mm -hmm. of Canterbury, his Book of Common Prayer. Um, Mary, again, remained faithful to Roman Catholicism. And still maintained her own mass. Like, she would have oh. mass in her own chapel. Okay. Um, so she was still, again, practicing the religion that she, mm-hmm. you know, felt was the correct one in her heart. For most of Edward's short reign, Mary actually stayed in her own houses. Rarely went to court. And there was a plot in July of 1550 to get her out of England, or get her out of England completely. But it didn't come to anything. Eventually, Elizabeth, her half-sister, and Edward, her half-brother, came together in 1550 for Christmas, where the 13-year-old Edward was actually kind of a douchebag to his sisters. Like, Mary was 34, and he made her cry. Seems like a real stand-up guy. And despite everything, he kept demanding that Mary abandon Catholicism, and she was like, nope, not doing it. So, in a true bout of karma, on July 6th, 1553, at the age of 15, Edward VI died of a lung infection, probably tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. He didn't want the crown to go to Mary because, again, he was a douchebag and didn't want her to bring her Catholicism back to (laughs) England. His plan was to exclude her completely from the line of succession and told him that if he disinherited Mary, he would also have to disinherit Elizabeth. And he was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay, check. (laughs) All right. So he then named Lady Jane Grey, who was, okay, who, hang on. The family ties here are crazy. Listen, I've seen the the painting of Lady Jane Grey in this. It's great. Yeah. So Henry VIII's youngest sister, Mary, Mm Mm-hmm. Lady Jane Grey was her granddaughter. Mm -hmm. So somehow she had more of a claim to the throne, according to Edward, than his sister did (laughs) or either of his sisters did. Don't know how that happened. King math. Weird how all of that works. Unfortunately for poor sweet Lady Jane Grey, who quite frankly was just like a pawn in this ridiculously Game of Mm Thrones-esque stupid game. um, She was proclaimed the queen on July 10th, 1553. By July 19th, she was no longer the queen. Hmm. 
She was imprisoned in the Tower of London. Lady Jane Grey was known as the Nine Days Queen because she was a queen for nine days. <sighs> like equivalent to how celebrities get married. Yeah, pretty these much. Days. <laughs> and she died at the age of 16 or 17 the following year. So in February of 1554, okay. she died in the Tower of London. Initially, they were going to execute her right after they took the crown back. Mm -hmm. But Mary had spared her a life. Eventually, what happened, though, was that Lady Jane Grey's father became involved with one of the big rebellions, mm -hmm. and they deemed that Jane and her husband were too big of a threat. Mm -hmm. So she was then executed. She was beheaded by an axeman. This seems really cruel. The They blindfolded her yeah, prior that's... to getting her in position. Yes. And then she, like flailed around trying to find the block where she put her neck like she had to struggle to die like that's cool yeah, yeah. they're like we're gonna kill you but like here's a blindfold and you have to find right. your way like, to your death figure out Good luck. yeah feel it's around terrible. until we get to the spot where you have to die that's yeah rude. so the the painting that i saw was basically that it's that scene where she's blindfolded yeah. and they're helping her to her block yeah. As the Axeman watches. Yeah. And then Axe <clears throat> fell, one fell swoop, mm -hmm. adios Lady Jane Grey's yeah. head. One of the first things that Mary did once she was officially back on the throne was to reinstate the Roman Catholic Church. She released a bunch of like kind of bigwigs in the Roman Catholic Church who had been imprisoned by her brother or by her father. And Mary then kind of turned her attention to finding herself a man. <laughs> Gotta get that husband. Gotta get that hubby. So when she was 37, because she's 37 now, mm -hmm. she focused on finding a husband so she could produce an heir, um, which would then, they allowed you know. That back in the day? I feel like 37, they would have been like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. You're, You're done. You're made. You know, six, line of succession and stuff was always secured by heirs. Yeah. That's so true. she figured if I have an heir, that solidifies my claim to the throne. And then it would also prevent her Protestant sister from taking the throne. Okay. Gotta keep sis out of the chair. Got it. <laughs> yeah. What ended up happening is Mary found a husband, basically. Mm -hmm. um, but... She had to, like, write her own, basically, marriage contract. She wrote Queen Mary's Marriage Act. Okay. Um, which basically said Philip, which was her husband, would be styled as the King of England, but that she was Queen Regnant, which means she was the queen in her own right, mm -hmm. and she was actually more powerful than him, even though, like, he would mm -hmm. be her husband. Right. That she was still the ultimate authority. Okay. Um, which is, you know, cool by me, yeah. whatever. Um, Philip was obviously kind of pissed because he's like, I'm going to be king. <laughs> but, you know, agreed to it because he wanted to secure the marriage. Mm -hmm. Philip didn't like Mary very much. He, it was not like a marriage of love. Right. Or in 1554, they got married and Philip could not speak English. So since Mary could speak, you know, like a million mm -hmm. languages, they would speak Spanish, French or Latin when they were together. Okay. Mary struggled with pregnancies the same way that her mother had. Um, again, it's now believed that Mary probably had some form of endometriosis. Mm -hmm. And in 1554, Mary, Mary's period stopped. Mm. She gained weight. She was having morning sickness. And the court physicians 
and she believed she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Parliament had even passed an act making Philip the regent in in the event that Mary died during childbirth. Oh, gosh. Um, In the last week of April 1555, April 1555, there we go, Elizabeth, her sister Elizabeth, who had been being held Mm -hmm. somewhere, um, was released from her house arrest and called to court so that she could witness the birth Mm. so that you couldn't claim it wasn't legitimate, like Elizabeth was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Amazingly enough, Mary was not pregnant. (laughs) Um, So she had a false pregnancy. Apparently, it was not the only one she had. Okay. Um, And this is common, like phantom pregnancies. she was having issues with her cycle and she was bloated. She was gaining weight. Like... Yeah. Well, (laughs) there are also like phantom pregnancy is a real like mental condition. And they think because she was so overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with the desire to have a baby that that her body tricked her into having a baby. And this like this is documented. This happens. Women who have phantom pregnancies or false pregnancies even produce the pregnancy hormones like they will. It will be positive pregnancy tests. It's crazy. Yeah. So. Um, whether or not it was a false pregnancy or perhaps a miscarriage, Mm -hmm. we're not sure, but Mary was not able to conceive. Okay. Um, Elizabeth remained at court, uh, trying to get back into the good graces of her sister. Um, but in the absence of any children, Mm -hmm. Philip um mary's husband started getting nervous that other people were going to stop trying to you know weasel their way into so like mary queen of scots now had started making a claim to the throne Mm. and like there were a couple of dukes and other people who were somewhere in the line of succession um and it just it wasn't great Mm -hmm. so Finally, in 1555, here's where we get into the Bloody Mary aspect Mm. of her history. Um, The Marian persecutions began. Mary had written up these laws that were rigorously enforced about heretics and anyone Mm. who was against the Catholic Church. Sounds like some witch trial stuff. Yeah. So lots of burnings at the stake. Um. Which wasn't just a punishment, but also, like, a symbol to those who were trying to Mm -hmm. uprise or rebel. Like, this is what we'll do to you. You'll die horrifically. Mary executed 280 people, mostly, like, clergymen, scholars, Mm -hmm. even some commoners, anybody involved in uprisings, and as a true, real, robust form of revenge many years in the making one of the men that she had executed was thomas cranmer the former Mm. archbishop of canterbury and mary was so overzealous with those persecutions that is when she got the bloody mary Uh. title because she was so excited to kill these men that she had wanted revenge against for so long that people thought that she was completely uncompromising Mm -hmm. to like a united England and that it was all about it must be Catholic orthodoxy. You yeah. know what I mean? A little bloodlusty. Right. Little and blood again, lust. like the way that she was executing people, the burning at the stake and stuff, 
It was to send a message. Oh, right? for sure. Burnings were public events. Mm-hmm. They were attended by crowds, attended by children. And she Wild. that's when she got, you know, the moniker Bloody Mary. The Marian persecutions were in 1555. Mary actually died in 1558 okay. when her successor, her sis, her half-sister Elizabeth I, then took over the reign. So Elizabeth I was then put into the queen position. Mm-hmm. And there was still quite a bit of persecution against Protestants, even under Elizabeth, who herself was Protestant and reinstated the Church of England. There was a lot of things happening. It wasn't great. I mean. Obviously, uh... there is some folklore surrounding the title Bloody Mary. Right. If you were a girl in the late 80s, early 90s, you have been to a sleepover where Bloody Mary occurred. And so Bloody Mary is... It's a whole lot basic, of nope it's, for me. It's like a ritual. <laughs> I, I mean, I... For sure. Like when I was younger, we definitely did that at like elementary school. We Mm -hmm. would do that at parties. I pretty much stopped that by middle school because at that point I had had like some creepy things happen and I don't want bad juju. Heck no. (laughs) I don't need that kind of that nonsense in my life. So um, Bloody Mary, typically like you would go into a bathroom by yourself, one that had a mirror. You turn around three no times. No windows is ideal. Yeah. Yeah. No windows is best. It has to be able to be completely pitch Ugh. dark. Um, you go in with a candle or a flashlight. You say Bloody Mary and turn around three times or flush the toilet three times or whatever <laughs> ritual, you know, your region had. Um, and supposedly you, a woman was supposed to appear in the mirror and you either see if she's holding a baby, that means, you know, someday you're going to. Or you're going to have a long life. If she's not holding a baby, that means you're going to die or something like that. Yeah. Um, there's also different we, versions. Like, I think that we did it when if she appeared, you were going to die. Like, that was just, yeah. there was no, there was no. Yeah. So, and, and that's the thing. Like, different, different generations, different regions mm-hmm. have, you know, different game that is played. I know there's one that's like a little bit like lovelier and that like it's supposed to show you the face of your husband in the mirror mm, no. um Mm-mm. and if if there's no husband that means you're never gonna get married or you're gonna die before you get married or whatever yeah. they're like i definitely played bloody mary and saw creepy shit in the mirror but that has actually been proven to be a phenomenon that our brain does mm-hmm. because um staring into a mirror for extended periods of time can make you hallucinate that's fun. so Facial features may start to melt. You might distort. You might disappear and rotate. Again, some of that has to do with just the way your eyes Mm -hmm. work and you're in the dark and you're staring in a a mirror for too long. And it's, you know, this is a, it's a thing. It's, some think it might even be a form of like hypnosis. Mm, I don't love that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So (laughs) I don't want to do it, but I, it is cool. Uh, Yeah. This makes me think, did you ever like look in the mirror and make scary faces until you scared yourself i don't necessarily remember doing that i like i very vividly remember that being like a thing that we would do like you'd make a face in the mirror see who could last the longest looking at their scary scary face oh gosh (laughs) bloody mary Mm. could have been a number of people queen mary the first is one of those people they also think it could have been from 
Elizabeth Bathory, who's going to be one of my people later in this mm-hmm. season, I think. Or a couple of different um, witches. So that's Mary, Queen Mary the First and Bloody Mary and fun stuff. Yay. Whew. Okay, right. book recommendations. Book <laughs> recommendations. <laughs> this week I have a book called The Heretic Wind, The Life of Mary Tudor, Queen of England by Judith Arnop. Um, I like this book a lot because it showed... I mean, it gave obviously the factual events of what happened, but it really showed Mary as more than just a villain. She gets a bad reputation a lot of the time because obviously she killed a shit ton of people. But there's more to her story than just the fact that she, you know, Mm -hmm. killed a bunch of Protestants. So um, it was really good. Uh, It also had really good reviews. I picked this one specifically because the reviews were good. And the author is great. Like her stuff. She's a great. She just I like the way she writes. So this week I have In the Shadow of the Cypress by Thomas Steinbeck. Um, And this is sort of a modern reimagination of the tale of Inez and uh, Pedro, which I told you Mm -hmm. earlier. Pedro. Um, I know. So it takes place in contemporary California um, and has themes of love, power, and destiny. Much like their story. Next week. Next week, uh, let me get to my notes so I can tell you no. what's going on next week. We love it. <laughs> let me. <laughs> Something's happening next week. We don't know what it is. There are but things. We'll figure it out. Next week's episode will be supported by the letter R. Check us out on social media and give us your best guesses on what our theme for next week will be. If you'd like to hear more from us, please check us out on Instagram, TikTok, and Patreon at True Crime ABC Podcast. Or email us your thoughts, ideas, and listener stories to truecrimeabcpodcast at gmail.com. Yay. Yay. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you again. Hope you enjoyed it this week. Bye, guys.